Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right. Welcome to the Side Action, episode nine of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegpool on Twitter and Instagram. And my name is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter. So, Action, you know, we, we bounced back. We had a good week in a contest, but um, you went to a wedding last weekend, is that right? No. That was the weekend. That was the weekend before, yeah. We were in California last right. weekend visiting Marcus, Melissa's brother, in Santa Clara. And right. uh, th- American Airlines flew us to Phoenix, and we missed our connection, so we ended up hey. having to stay in Phoenix on Friday night. That was cool. We walked around the stadium district a little bit and got dinner okay. and then made it to San Francisco on Saturday morning, and then we just went straight to the city, checked out the Golden Gate Bridge and Battery Park, and uh, got some tacos in the Mission District and nice. uh, Fisherman's Wharf on Saturday. And then Sunday, we just lounged around, watched football, and then went to Sunday night football with the Colts and the 49ers and got soaked from head to toe. <laughs> but you got the big win. You got That's right. Win in the money line, you know, paid out. So Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Unfortunately, I think I had more money on the total going under, which was uh, – a loser in the end, but we had a great time, so it was worth it. Right, right. Well, I had a pretty good weekend. Um, I, I coached a little bit on Friday, and then on um, Saturday, I was, I'm sorry, Action, I, I was running late today, as you know, um, so I was going to put on my Halloween costume, which was Ted Lasso, oh, but I wasn't able to put the stash on in time again, so you'll have to just imagine it or check out the Instagram post for this weekend, because I think I'm going to revitalize that a costume and um you know one of my favorite shows with ted lasso so that turned out pretty fun on on saturday sunday buddy of mine from volleyball is relocating to new york and actually i we might have him on the podcast action because this dude is like captain arbitrage he is like mr fleece the online casino guy where he does all the promos he puts all these big bets and they get they give him free bets and then he basically figures out the 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 middle or whatever on different sites and he wins every time. So it's fascinating as Andrew Bruin. So I went to his going away party on Saturday and got completely hammered, um, which was fun. Except you know, yeah, I don't know. It was it was I was a rough Monday, but um, yeah, it was a fun fun weekend, buddy. Fun weekend. Cool. I'd like to hear a little bit more about that offline. These are like table games, casinos, or sports bets that he's arbitraging. Oh, sports bets. Sports oh, okay. bets. He'll sign up for, let's say, DraftKings, and because he's betting in a certain volume, they're giving him all these free bets, promo bets. And then he'll do that, but then he'll hedge on the other side, guarantee himself a profit, and sometimes come out pretty far ahead you know, with this. So I, I can't exactly explain dollar for dollar how he does it, and I can't bet his volume. He's obviously got more money in the bank than I do, but... He told me, I think last year, he made a little over 20 grand or something doing this. And I'm like, nice work, you know, and and obviously using the casino's money to do it. So that's nice. Wow, interesting. 
more on that in another week. Uh, so let's let's jump into the episode. We've got um, you know the recap of the NFL Week Seven, another wild weekend as as we you know we always we always say it is. Um, underdogs actually did a little better this week. You know seven six against the spread. Um, three and six though for the road dogs, which was kind of interesting. It's kind of a little comeback of the home teams, mm-hmm. and both on the home teams and the unders came in big. So the unders actually got hammered. I'm sorry, the overs went in. Unders were three and ten this week, and the road teams were three and ten overall against the spread. So you know, kind of a comeback for the overs and the home teams, which you know we'll talk about the Patriots or whatever later. Um, but kind of a bit of a reversal than we've seen for the first six weeks. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there was a few weather games. San Francisco comes to mind that were expected to go under and did not. I guess Monday night, though, similar weather pattern out in Seattle. That one stayed well under the total. And then, obviously, uh, Tennessee holding Kansas City to three points. That one went way under. I think it closed somewhere close to 60 points on Sunday, and Kansas City didn't do their part. Yeah, I mean they. Well, we can talk about that in a minute because they're on the they're on the bad list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a weird game. Maybe I'm saying I'm sorry. I flipped it over. So the unders were ten and three. My bad, buddy. Okay. Um, yeah, mis misquoting. But the um, but the road teams were three and ten. So yeah, I would say we can start off with the highs. I guess let's go to the lows. Let's let's invert it. Actions. We just talked about the Chiefs. I mean, what the hell happened? We we know the Chiefs have been. I don't know if they've been the same team. You know, I don't know when it flipped, but certainly last year when they started not covering the spread, we know that in the Super Bowl, that was a total mess and clusterfuck. Sorry to use the term, but zero touchdowns in this game against a pretty bad defense in Tennessee. Tennessee looked dominant against them, and Patrick Mahomes has just turned the ball over the turnover machine now. Mm-hmm. 11, it's 11 times in the first, you know, six, six games, seven games of the year. I mean, what do you think about this team? I don't know. I I don't really think I'm going to put a lot of stock in the Tennessee defensive performance from last weekend. That's for sure. Um, I have heard some people in the media alluding to Andy Reid's son's um, issue during last year's Super Bowl run up. And perhaps that could be like a cloud over the team and perhaps even uh, head coach Andy Reid and not having the same preparation that they would normally. But there's clearly something wrong with this team, and it even goes to the quarterback position in Patrick Mahomes. The turnovers are uh, certainly not something that you think would continue, but they seem to every week. Well, he's trying to do too much. I mean, he almost got his neck broken in this one game, and he just seems like he's trying to make those plays like he did in the Super Bowl where he's just doing crazy stuff, uh, you know, throwing different hands. doing, And it's stuff that we've seen him do in the past, I guess, and – praised him for it but now it's kind of coming back i i don't know if i could you know have the stones to to put the cash down here but i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs dude i I really don't i mean looking at the afc landscape granted the best teams are only five and two and they're three and four but their schedule's really tough and they got a lot of you know a lot of tough games ahead and and i just think there's better teams out there right now but we'll see what happens i think they're down close to almost even money to miss the playoffs so uh, whereas most years you would see that as a pretty heavy underdog this year. I think they're coming back closer to the pack. Right. Uh, we'll keep continuing with the lows. Even though they won the game, the Packers run defense. I mean, this team, and it's funny, we, we, we actually picked the Packers. They did cover for us, thankfully. Thanks. <laughs> but how? 
they gave up 195 yards rushing in the game. They were out game 430-304. Somehow they could not – they only allowed 10 points. I don't know what happened to Washington in the red zone or at least inside the 30. But this team is a classic, uh, as we – if you've heard the podcast before, this is uh, an action phrase, a paper tiger. Hmm. This is a paper tiger, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We certainly were on the wrong side of that game, but we're lucky to get the win in the win column. I think it was the red zone efficiency. I didn't see much of it at the bar on Sunday morning, but 0-4 in the red zone, and I did read later that Heineke had a fumble in the red zone that ended up going through the end zone for a touchback, which he celebrated, (laughs) which was pretty funny. Um, But I think you're spot on that rush defense, 6.7 yards per carry from the Washington football team, and uh, I got a feeling that – the Chase Edmonds and company are going to rack up some yards tonight for the Cardinals. There you go. Is Chase on the fantasy team? He is. Yeah. <laughs> I know you already got you already got your guy Murray on there. So the other one I have is Sam Darnold. Um, we mentioned it a little bit last week, and I, I guess we I didn't get on board with it in the moment uh, to go with the Giants, but we did talk about it in the handicap. This dude. He's regressing back to the mean, his mean, where he's not good. And so he's he got pulled in this game. It doesn't mean he's not the starter this week, but it seems like the early kind of glowing marriage uh, with Matt Rule has kind of faded, and it's a team that we probably should fade going forward. Yeah, you can sign me up for that. <laughs> Darnold, uh, I think they started 3-0 and against the spread, and now they've lost four in a row against the spread, and right. it's completely attributed to Darnold's poor play. 111 passing yards, 16 out of 25. And then they went to P.J. Walker, who is Matt Rule's buddy from Temple, and he was even worse than Darnold. So now he's got a little problem on his hands. I think he came out in the media this week to say that Darnold is still the starter, not to worry. But I think they're clearly worried because they also threw their name in the ring for uh, Deshaun Watson this week. So Carolina is definitely going down. Yeah, so that, that ticket on Coach of the Year has looked like I can burn that up now. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, let's flip to the highs. Let's let's end on a good note from last week. The Bengals offense. Now, it's a little bit deceptive because this game was a little closer than the score appeared, but what Cincinnati could do this year, what they couldn't do last year, they didn't score a touchdown against the Baltimore in two games last year. They lit it up. They scored five touchdowns this week. Jamar Chase is the man, 200 yards receiving. A lot of them were just big plays. He broke some tackles. I mean, this dude is just doing it every week. But I do think the defense is, you know, we kind of talked about this in the handicap last week. Their defense is coming through, and, you know, they were able to get it done. Yeah, they did really well against that Ravens rushing attack, especially stopping the running backs. I think that Lamar had a few yards himself, but they really focused on uh, the dive, and uh, they stopped that Ravens rushing attack. And, it was a low-scoring affair in the first half, but Cincinnati just turned it up in the second half, going to chase on for several long plays, and the big touchdown was a backbreaker for the Ravens. Right, for sure. Uh, our next high is, thank- thankfully, Action was able to talk me off the cliff of the Jets because they were not ready for prime time, or at least daytime, when they played the Patriots. The Patriots just, they were pulling all the stops. They were running reverse passes and doing everything, scoring 54 points in this game. They could crush the Jets 54 to 13 and wish they could play the Jets every week because they just destroy this team. 551 yards? Oh, my God. And 32 first downs? I mean, this is this is an offense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mac Jones was awesome. It was, uh, an incredible display by that team. And I think, uh, I think you mentioned it, one of the, either a wide receiver, somebody threw a touchdown pass in the first series of the game. And then Derek Henry threw one right after that for the first two touchdowns of the day. But, uh, it's probably a little bit of an indictment on the Jets defense too, I would say. Yeah, they didn't look good. Didn't look good. Um, I put this one in for our proxy, our favorite proxy, proxy WJW, you know, Enterprises or whatever, DJ Ward Enterprises. Uh, Derek Carr, he's playing great. He's I'm, I list him as the side action MVP. I'm not sure if you agree with me on that, but he completed, you know, 31 of 34 for 323 yards in the big win against Philadelphia, and he's played great since Gruden's been gone. He seems like he's liberated in some kind of way. Yeah, uh, certainly does playing really well another mvp performance i know dave was pretty pumped about it and thanks to you wags for talking me off of the eagles last week that could have been an l for us hey that that's what we do we talk each other off as the proverbial ledges right yeah <laughs> uh we have you listed the titans uh we obviously talk about the chiefs you know they, they play like crap but the titans actually played really well and they actually rose to the occasion they played you know maybe the chiefs aren't the top in the afc but in in years past they have been, and then they beat the Bills on Monday night. So they actually they did what they needed to do to get the big win, and they're right there. Yeah, now in first place in the AFC for that number one seed, at least, because they own the tiebreaker over Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just a six-day stretch, two games that certainly before the season they did not think that they were going to get into the win column. And uh, you've got to figure that's going to bring them some momentum going into the big divisional matchup against Indianapolis this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. And then lastly, it's your team. You, you you saw them. I thought they played really well. They've been playing really well in general. Um, you know, they've, they've turned it around. I think Frank Reich's got the troops, you know, focused anyway. They got a big matchup against Tennessee. But you said despite Wentz, you know, they got the big win against San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, despite his boneheaded turnover in the red zone, which I think I texted you when he just flipped the ball <laughs> directly to the linebacker. I right. saw someone post the the video from uh, the Adam Sandler movie when he was playing quarterback and he just throws it right to the defender. <laughs> it's really funny. But right. he was impressive despite that. Uh, not a ton of passing yards, obviously, in the monsoon, right. but they got two huge PI calls against the Niners in the first half that led to extended drives and both got them points. And it shows that um, – Coach Reich has some confidence in him to let him push the ball down the field. And mm-hmm. I think the two of them got off to a little bit of a rocky start this season due to his injuries, but it's clear that they have a pretty good marriage there between them. And I think it's going to continue in a positive direction. Yep. And you, know, you listed Jonathan Taylor. He's my guy and got 107 yards. He played really well. So we'll talk about that matchup uh, later in the pot. Mm-hmm. We'll skip to the injuries. Uh, you know, it's happening right now. We've got, COVID issues in Green Bay with Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. I guess they didn't play, so I don't know how Green Bay is going to win this game. But, you know, what? Rodgers can hit anybody, so we'll see what happens in this handicap tonight. But more importantly, it's not an injury. It's a guy that maybe will help the Bears being out, Matt Nagy. <laughs> he's out. Uh, he's not at Hallis Hall, thank goodness, but um, it's kind of weird. It's funny how everyone in the media has that same reaction. Well, this could be a positive for the Bears, actually. <laughs> exactly. And then J.J. Watt, you, you listed this. This was interesting. You know, people were talking about, oh, trying to keep Watt healthy for the year. This guy gets hurt every year. I mean, he's been a great player in the past. 
miss another rest of the season now with a you know shoulder injury, which is a bummer. How you think it's going to have a big impact on the Cardinals' D though? I maybe not on the field, but I, I definitely was reading that he's become a huge positive for the locker room and just getting that team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to act as one unit. So I'm sure. hopeful that it won't impact them, but I think it could be a hit to their morale at least. Right. You've also listed Miles Sanders for the Eagles. He's questionable with an ankle injury, and that could be important in that game because that's it's not like it's a slam dunk on that one. Mm-hmm. Let's go over the the ratings and rankings from that we that we looked. There's not a lot of changes from last week, but I did want to list one highlight. So I've still got the Bills at one, and then Cardinals two. Bucks are at three now with the Rams, and then Cowboys. So a little bit of a flip flop. Had to list number six though, the Bengals. They, they creep up in a number six hole, and then just behind them are your uh, your Colts and then the Patriots. So, you know, the thing about the, my index right now, because it's only seven weeks old, it's definitely – there's some volatility in these games. Like the Pats, you know, they jump up all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh, but the Bengals have been playing pretty good, and it's nice to see them crack the top six. Yeah, I mean, when you compare that to the DVOA rankings, which do take into account opponent adjustments – which obviously we've talked about before, the WEX index does not. They're mm-hmm. really close at the top, which I think is incredible. You've got the Bills, Cardinals, and Rams, and Bucks all in the top four, and yep. Cowboys five. I think where we may see some different variants is down just below that, obviously, with the Colts and the Patriots being higher. DVOA does have Cincinnati in the top ten at nine as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. pretty close. I think it's uh, impressive so far how the WEX index has been picking winners and and keeping up with DVOA, certainly. Let's hope we can keep picking those winners, Action, We'll see. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, let's go into this week. Obviously, it's happening as we speak, or in about 30 minutes. Uh, Green Bay is going to Arizona. I mean, this was an interesting line move. You know, Green Bay opened up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, or, sorry, dog on the road, 52-and-a-half-point uh, total. It's all the way to six and a half, you know, across the board and in the contest with a 15 and a half point total. We don't pick these games usually this early, um, but it's one of these situations where it seems like with the, you know, Devontae Adams being out and also Lazard, that it's all going to Arizona, but it's a lot of points against uh, Mr. Rogers. It is kind of unfortunate that this lands on Thursday night because I feel like Green Bay would be a good contrarian pick taking that six and a half points. I'll be very curious to see how many of our competitors elect to do that this week. Right. No, I agree for sure. Let's get into the main slate. Uh, go, and this is obviously Halloween, you know, Halloween weekend. We'll see crazy things happen on Halloween action. Um, <laughs> just, not just at the parties I go to. Uh, so <laughs> Miami is traveling to Buffalo. Uh, you know, Buffalo Open is an 11.5 point favorite and a 49 point total. It's all the way up to 14 in the contest. You see 13.5. Out there in 40 and a half, the same total, 49 and a half. I mean, they're they're making a little bit of a stand that, that people think the Bills are going to do it. And they rounded up to 14, which is a huge number in the NFL. I don't know. I mean, uh, the number's pretty close actually in my index. Uh, Miami should have probably won the game the other day against you know Atlanta. Or they had a chance, but you know you said there's a big matchup difference with these teams, and we saw it early in the season when Tua was on the field and now he's back. Any any love for the dog here on the road? No, I don't think so. 
Yeah. You're right. I think we took Buffalo in the first matchup, or at least we talked about it. I can't remember if they made our card. Talked you out of it. I wanted to take Miami. That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. And then they beat the Dolphins 35 to zip, and mm-hmm. that was the game that Tua got knocked out early in the first quarter, and Jacoby Brissett right. came in and went 24 of 40 for 170 passing yards, but obviously they did not score. So. I think that they I still think that Buffalo has a pretty distinct matchup advantage against Miami and right. I think that they're going to be extra motivated this week coming off of the tough loss on Monday Night Football to Tennessee and add that in that they had to buy a little bit of extra time for coach McDermott and company to throw in some wrinkles for Miami. So if this was any normal week, I would probably think that 14 was too much and want to steer clear just given how close proximity it was to the first matchup. But I think because there's that bye week in there, they could throw a little curveball to the Dolphins. What are your thoughts? I agree. I mean, you know, when I, I list the – basically when I list the games at the end, you know, nobody sees the outline but us. But I list the games that where there's kind of a, a differential in – I guess I, I misspoke before. I actually had this game at more like a 18, 20 point, you know, yeah. according to index. So 13 and a half seemed a lot more appealing, <laughs> but I guess 14, it's only a half point, but it's, it's kind of a key number. Uh, not that I'll get on board with Buffalo, but they have been a, a really good team at home besides that Steeler game. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I can get on board with this one, but and it is a lot. Of- they have been smashing their opponents too. They're covering mm-hmm. in the four, ATS wins by an average of 11 points per game above right. the spread. So, assuming their favorite, they were favorites in most of those games, they're actually covering that spread by an additional 11 points per game. Yeah. So that shows that they have the propensity to run it up. They certainly don't hold back on the scoreboard. They do. And there's the ambulance action. I know you were missing it from the Ridge Studio. Uh, you've got, you got it, baby. All right, it's back. <laughs> well, do you want to color this as a yellow, or you just want to stay away? It's too many points. Yeah, no, I think that uh, I would like to put Buffalo in the maybe category. Okay. Put the yellow on that one. All right, well, let's get to the next one. Carolina is going to Atlanta. Atlanta opened us up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home and a 48-point total. It's basically that. It's up to three now in the contest with a down to- tick at 46-point total. Um, you know, Atlanta has played better. I mean, they didn't cover for us last week. That was our only non-cover, right, action. Right. Uh, we missed it by a half point. But, you know, they have been playing better. Matt Ryan's playing better. We, we talked about what's going on with Sam Darnold. This team's in a tailspin. I don't know, man. It's it's a tough situation. I I don't know if I trust – I mean, Atlanta's at home. That That's yeah. definitely helpful. Um, any thoughts here? Yeah, I, I lean to Carolina. I mean, excuse me. No, I lean to the Falcons, <laughs> the, the home – Minus three. I mean, we talked yeah. about Sam Darnold. I don't think we need to rehash that. But um, I think my handicap is more focused on the other side of the football where I've seen a really improved performance out of that Atlanta Falcons offense. They mm-hmm. have now covered two games in a row. Um, technically, against the closing number, I think it closed one okay. and a half against the Dolphins. Oh. So we can uh, – That's that was the point. But uh, – Kyle Pitts has been getting more involved. We talked about their trip to London where he had nine catches for 120 yards against the Jets. And then last week he had seven for 163 versus the Dolphins. So I think the Falcons offense is improving. And on the flip side, you saw that Carolina defense, which looked like stars early on in the season against the week schedule has now come back towards the midpoint of the defensive rankings. So 
I think that Carolina could be a play here at three. You mean Atlanta, right? Atlanta, yeah. I did it twice. <laughs> I did it twice. We're just trying to confuse you, America. That's all. <laughs> okay, well, let's oh, – man, we chase Atlanta again. Uh, we could put in yellow. We'll all put right. in yellow. There are a lot of picks this week that I'm convicted on. So. Okay. All right, next game is Philadelphia against Detroit. Uh, Philadelphia opened as a three-and-a-half point favorite on the road, 49-and-a-half point total. It's the same in the contest, three-and-a-half, although consensus is kind of between three and three-and-a-half. The total's down to 47-and-a-half. Look, Detroit is playing hard. I mean, they did what they could against the Rams. They actually covered the number technically, and they were huge dogs there on the road. They're going to win at some point action. I don't think it's this week. I think it's going to be against the Bears. Told you that again. Um <laughs> But, man, three and a half, that's just a bad number, man. I can't go with Philly on that one, and I don't know if I can go with Detroit either. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is a, it is a bad number. I would like to play the Eagles here, but I don't think that the hook will allow us to do so. This is a huge letdown spot for the Lions. Last week, mm-hmm. they threw the kitchen sink at that game to oh, try to get revenge for Jared Goff, and they still lost by nine points. So um, I think, uh, you know, I'm – not that it means much, but looking at the Detroit Lions ATS streak here, and they have now played the zigzag every week <laughs> with a cover, non-cover, cover, non-cover. And uh, according to their schedule here in my little notebook, this is their week to not cover. So right. not that I would ever play on that, but it just brings me away from the Lions for sure. Yeah, well, let's stay away for the, from this one. Okay. The Eagles will just, you know, coast to a victory or whatever. Maybe Detroit will get there first. This is a big game. I like this one. Tennessee is going to Indianapolis. Uh, Indy actually, this is really interesting. I don't know when the opener really was. This two and a half. Did they really open at two and a half? It was. That was the look ahead all last week. And I actually played it thinking that uh, previously, I figured that Tennessee would lose to Kansas City and the Colts, yeah. I thought, would play well in San Francisco. So I thought I was buying a good number, seeing potentially that it could open closer to three or higher. So, But for the Colts being the favorite. Correct. Okay. Well, anyway, the Colts open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 49-point total. That total – or that flipped over at one point mm-hmm. where it was really Tennessee was the favorite. In the contest now, the Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 15 and a half point total. When I looked, when I did my research two days ago, the Colts were a one point dog. So you're saying right now the market is, is it Tennessee minus one? No, the current okay. market as we speak. I posted okay. these probably about the same time you looked uh, okay. on Wednesday, and Tennessee was a one at that point. But since then, the limits have been increased, and obviously we've seen a mountain of money come in on the Colts and yes. circa expects there's going to be more prior to kickoff right so look i love the colts especially when they're getting points at home i think tennessee has ridden a tidal wave they've beaten two good teams they've played amazing but they're they're due for a letdown first of all but the colts need this game i think they're playing good i still probably back them two and a half so it's a field goal right Mm -hmm. i just loved it when they were you know one point up well, you know, the Colts have Money Badger as their kicker now. So if it comes down to that field goal, we can feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I love the Colts, too. I think uh, oh. I think the handicap lends itself to it as well. 
the Titans are getting back Taylor Lewan on the O-line, but on the other side, the Colts injury report was really fruitful today. Big Q, Quentin Nelson came back last weekend, and I was okay. reading today that Braden Smith, the offensive tackle on the right side, is going to play as well. And um, I think that this Colts offensive rushing attack is going to run all over the Titans. I, I saw a little tweet today from Pro Football Focus that ranks Jonathan Taylor as the number one ranked running back this year with his uh, rush yards over expectation and expected points added for every time he touches the ball. And going against that Titans run defense, which is 25th ranked, I think the Colts are going to put up a lot of points on Sunday. Okay, so you, you like the over? I do, yeah. I think uh, it, it being a divisional game, obviously, um, you tend to see those scoring a little bit lower than normal, but this game opened right. at 47, and, and it's now up to 50.5. And, and more so, I'd like to target the Colts over. I, I play the Colts team total at 24 to go over. I think I like that better than the full game, in fact. Gotcha. Yeah, I said, yeah, I definitely like the Colts in this one, as I wrote in my article that it was at <laughs> minus one. But, uh, yeah, let's put this green. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, one to two and a half. Obviously, we got beaten by the hook with Atlanta last week, but it's not that typical that you're going to see a game fall to. So. Right. It's pretty rare. All right, let's do it. Um, the next game is the Rams are going to Houston. Boy, the Rams got a great schedule, don't they? Uh, they're going on the road to Houston. Open as a 14-point favorite, 45.5-point total. Now it's up to 14.5 in the contest, which is pretty much the market. Uh, but the total's you know up a little bit, 47 and a half. I mean, I don't know what to say here. I, the Rams didn't play great last week, but they won the game, which is what you expect. Houston seems down. They're not playing great. They got crushed at the Cardinals. I mean, I wouldn't lay the points here, but um, I can't back Houston. Yeah, totally. I bet on Houston last week. I can't remember if I told you. And they were winning 5-0 to zero against Woo-hoo. Arizona before they proceeded to allow 31 points on the other side and never score again. So that was a loser. But I did see that Tyrod Taylor is practicing this week. So right. that rose, raised my eyebrows a little bit. And if we, for some reason, see Tyrod Taylor suiting up for a quarterback for the Houston Texans, I think it changes this handicap quite a bit. But it should. It should. Although, you know, they did what they shipped off. Yes, uh, Ingram. Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that's a deal breaker, but I mean, you know, they're you know, maybe waving the white flag. We'll see if they really bring back Tyrod Taylor. I mean, we'll see. It's, it's an interesting team down there in Houston. Yeah, I guess the question would be if Taylor does come back, do you think that a lot of people in this contest will see the same thing and just blindly take Houston in that spot? Probably. Probably. I mean, I think the Colts are going to be a darling pick too, but you know, yeah. we get to pick them. I want to make, I want to pick winners. Mm-hmm. You know what I, mean? I want to pick them. So True. I don't mind if we go with the flow of everybody. I mean, last week it was, they were, you know, consensus was four and one, I think too, but we did gain a pick in the standings just so you know, nice. our one pick. All right, let's go to the next one. Cincinnati's going to the jets, the mighty jets. Uh, Cincinnati opened as a three and a half point favorite on the road, 45 point total. They skyrocketed to a 10.5-point favorite now in the contest and kind of across the board at 42.5 is the total, really low total. The Jets are obviously reeling. I've heard some experts really getting on the Jets this week, Action. I don't think I can do it. I know you. I'm shocked. This is you? This is Action? Um, look, the Bengals are playing great. We just I just praised them. But 
I'm not sure they should be laying ten and a half on the road. Yeah, I I put in a bet on the Bengals earlier this week at nine because I figured okay. this number had only one direction to move, and yeah. we forgot to talk about the big injury for the Zet the Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is going to be oh, out right. this week, and it is the backup whose name escapes me at the moment. Is it White? No. Yes. This is I don't know his first name. Something White. Pat. Something White. P. Not is Pat, it Pat. Not Pat White. <laughs> A different guy named White. Philip. Paul. Regardless, it doesn't matter. We're not going to bet on the Jets <laughs> because I think whoever this quarterback is is certainly a downgrade from Zach Wilson. They traded for the one Joe Flacco this week, but. Ugh. Flacco will not make it to New York before tomorrow, so this guy named White is going to be playing quarterback, and I have no interest in betting on the Jets or the Bengals at this number. I've got him as Mike White, Mike. 6'5", 218, from Western Kentucky. He's, um, you know, 26, grew up in Pembroke, Pines, Florida. I don't know the guy. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be rough for him. So, But, you know, who knows? I mean, the Jets... I mean, they won a game last year miraculously. Who knows? But I'm okay to stay away from it if you are. Yep. Agreed. All right. The next game, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, big game in the AFC North. Cleveland, obviously, there's been a lot of injuries. Maybe they're getting healthy. And Pittsburgh, we'll see. But uh, Cleveland is two-and-a-half-point favorite on the opener, 45-point total, and that's all at home. It's up to three-and-a-half in the contest, 42-and-a-half-point total. So the total went down. Don't like this hook. Uh, two and a half likes a lot, maybe even three. Three and a half's tough. Division road dog, all those kind of, you know, systems as they call it. I still like Cleveland in general, um, and I do like them overall, probably in this game. But three and a half's going to be a sweat. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I had the same thought too. I definitely like Cleveland in this game. I think. Um, mm. Nick Chubb is going to return this week. He's back at practice already. And I also read that Jarvis Landry practiced in a light capacity today. So I think that'll be good to get back. And um, whether it's Case Keenum at quarterback or Baker Mayfield, I actually think that Keenum might be preferable from a, a better's perspective in this game because I don't believe that Baker's going to be healthy. And he's, of course, going to push to play. But. Uh, I think that the Browns are going to be able to run the ball against the Steelers' defense this week, and I, I think they're going to get back to their basics a little bit. And um, and I just really don't like the Pittsburgh offense on the other side. I know right. that you and I have been a little bit down on the Cleveland defense the last couple of weeks. Yep. But they played well on Thursday night against Denver, and I think that this Pittsburgh offense is actually going to be a step down in class for them versus their previous opponents in Arizona, the Chargers, Minnesota, and KC in week one. So I would probably lean to the Browns, but I agree the hook is tough. Yeah. I guess if we have no other choices, we can go yellow since we both like them, but I don't I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the spread. you got to play numbers. I also want to definitely watch the injury report for the Browns because I know that some of the defensive players have been on there too. Um, the Their stud cornerback i think uh denzel ward may be on the injury report as well right right okay well let's look at this game you know the, the mighty bears you know, they looked so great in tampa last week uh, they host the san francisco 49ers who are reeling off the bye they stink 
And uh, so anyway, the Niners open as a three and a half point favorite on the road, 43 point total in Chicago. This is up to four in the contest for the Niners, 39 and a half point total. This this is going to be a brutal game to watch. I'm glad I'm going to be playing softball somewhere and it's not going to be in my face. So the Niners at four on the road, though. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, Garoppolo's better than, than Lance back there. You watched him live. I guess it was rainy. Mm-hmm. What, what did the defense look like? I thought this defense was going to be good. I mean, they don't need to be great against the Bears, but what's going on? Yeah, lack of a pass rush, I think, is really their biggest concern. And the, honestly, their secondary has been banged up as well. I think that um, their their defensive backs have definitely taken a step down. But when you're looking at an opponent in the Chicago Bears who have a historically bad pass offense, I don't think that they're going to be set up to take advantage of the Niners' weakness there. Right, agreed. What, what does the index say in this one? Do you see some value on the Niners? Let's see. The index says this should be, well, not really. I think it should be, the Niners should be more like a a pick or minus one. Mm-hmm. So four points is a lot. I don't think there's value at all. I, I think the index says pick the Bears. I just don't know if I can make myself do it. Yeah, I definitely have no interest in the Bears side here. I would definitely lean to the Niners. I, I uh, also was checking the injury reports for Khalil Mack. Looks like he's out this week. And Jeremy Nichols, another big defensive lineman, and Akeem Hicks are both questionable, as well as Robert Quinn. So not a good matchup when you're going up against the San Francisco Niners who like to pound the rock. And that's the that's why they're favorite. So and we'll see. I'd like to stay away if we can pick other ones, but we'll see. Fair. Uh, Jacksonville goes to this is the four o'clock window now. Jacksonville goes to Seattle. Uh, Seattle opens a three point favorite at home, 43 and a half point total. It's really the same in the contest. And right now, three point favorite for Seattle and a 43 and a half point total. Look, they played, you know, pretty conservatively <laughs> against a really good defense in, in the Saints. They had a big play with, you know, Metcalf and then really didn't do anything the rest of the game. They did cover the number against the Saints. I, I don't I, I gotta back Seattle here. I, I don't know why I would back the Jags going across country. Maybe they've figured something out with a bye week. Uh, I don't really know. What do you think? I mean this is to me, Seattle even with a short week, they should win this football game. And three points at home seems reasonable, but what do I know? What do you say to action? I lean to the Jags in this game. I just wow. have not been impressed by the Seattle offense with Geno Smith Uh at quarterback. And I guess it's easy to say the drop off from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith has been precipitous, but um, the week before that they played the Steelers, which is obviously a better defense than the Jaguars. And they couldn't move the ball against them either, at least for most of the first half in that game. And I also have been impressed with the way that the Jaguars offense has been trending with Trevor Lawrence I think he's starting to get his feet under him in this rookie year and I really uh I think the bye week is helpful to to prepare for this game and uh I'm hopeful that Urban Meyer actually got focused after his little dust up with the media and Mm -hmm. uh had some preparation (laughs) but I'm just not sure that I could three points it's obvious to me at least that uh the contest operators knew where the side is by putting a three on this one and not three and a half. Right. Right. 
Okay, let's stay away from it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to back the Jags, bro. I mean, I, understand. I know we backed them when they were in London. You know, I know they're the London Jags to me. So uh, maybe I'm just too locked into Seattle and their home field advantage and all that stuff. But uh, let's go to this next one. New England's going to the Chargers here. The Chargers are coming off their bye. Chargers open as a five and a half point favorite at home, 47 and a half point total. The contest has it. It's uh, just five for the Chargers at home with 49 and a half point total. You know, I put the index. The index loves the Pats. Uh, I'm just concerned about the Pats because they've only got three wins against crappy teams. And then the rest of them, they, I mean, yeah, they played some tough opponents and lost. But the Chargers, look. Like I said, follow the index, take the take the pass. Mm-hmm. Five points, six points, they got a good defense. I just don't know. I mean, do you think that Belichick's going to have something for, for Herbert here? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, last year they put a hurting on Herbert. And uh, I was just going to pull that up. I think it was a Herbert game. It was, uh, yeah, in December. December yeah. would have been Justin Herbert at quarterback. The oh, yeah. Patriots won 45 to zero in mm. uh, New England. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my handicap is just knowing how the uh, Chargers defense invites the run, and I think Damian Harris and that Patriots running game has re- really been playing well lately. And I think that he's in for a big day, and the Pats could potentially have a pretty substantial edge in time of possession, which gives them a little bit more value, especially at a five-point spread. So um, I, I lean to the Patriots here. Uh, I, I know you kind of lean that way, too. Are you having some hesitation? No, I do. I do. I just, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, the, this team got two crushing wins against the Jets and then a, a win against the Giants. So it doesn't mean they have to win the game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, using kind of my simple logic – can I see the Patriots winning this game? It's hard for me to see, but covering the number, sure. I mean, I also think it's a nice under game. I don't know. The, the total ticked up. Maybe it's because the theory is the Pats are going to get out to a quick lead with some running, and then you know Herbert's going to bring it back with the pass. But I, I like the under in this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the, the Patriots put up 50-plus points last week, too. That could be have some sort of uh, recent recency bias towards the total there. What do you right. think about um, the coaching matchup between Staley and uh, Coach Belichick? Do you think that uh, Belichick still has the edge, even though Staley is this up-and-comer? I think overall, yeah. I mean, I think that Belichick's going to have a better game plan. I think Staley might be a better in-game coach, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. at least takes risks anyway. Yeah. Um, he's obviously using metrics and thinking ahead which I don't think Bill, I mean, we've seen Belichick do that against like Peyton Manning or something, but I'm not sure about game plans yet. I don't know if he's going to have, and this is a good example. I mean, I try to just, they can't stop the run. We know the Chargers aren't good against the run, but try to stuff the run, make, you know, your guy <laughs> Jones beat you over the top and see if you do it. But you know, let Bosa and the gang come after him and see what he can do. But uh, I do think Belichick's still better. At least from a game plan standpoint. Agreed. Let's jump to the next one. Washington is going to Denver. Uh, you know, Washington can't get a win. His defense is sort of improving, but 
they uh, didn't get it done. Denver is open as a four-point favorite at home, 44.5-point total. It's three in the contest for the Broncos, a three-point favorite at home, 43.5-point total. I list the Broncos in the index. I, I'm not sure why I don't like this team uh, whatsoever, um, but it just numerically, but I don't know. I mean, is Washington, they're playing better, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, if the the box score is an indicator against the Packers, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, one and six against the spread for the Washington football team with the lone win being against the Falcons. And, uh, I mean, you've seen the number move really against them the last couple of weeks, last yep. week against Green Bay, and then uh, the week, the couple games before that against New Orleans. But I agree. I think it's really tough for me to want to lay points with the Broncos and the way Teddy has been not covering lately. I think they've dropped four in a row against the spread themselves. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm just not sure that this is a team that I want to be backing. And on the other side, I don't know if I want Washington either. Taylor Heineke has not been playing that well lately. And so I'd be right. more inclined to just to pass this game altogether. And no talk of, of Fitzmagic. Huh? We had talked a little about uh, last week and he didn't come through. I guess that's just not happening. Yeah, it's a great question. I haven't seen any rumblings about Fitzmagic this week. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a stay away spot to me, even though I enlisted originally, which I'm okay with. Okay. Um, let's look at this one. The Bucks going to New Orleans. Uh, Bucks open as a four-point favorite on the road, 50-point total. Now it's five points for the Bucks on the road, 50-and-a-half-point total. A little surprised at the line move, to be honest with you. I don't know when that opener was, just because obviously New Orleans, yeah, they did win a close game, but that defense is playing really, really well. Um, I, I mean, I like New Orleans in this game. I, I don't. You know, last year was kind of weird with Drew Brees. We, we talked about it a lot on the pod. He didn't have anything left in the tank. And, I mean, Jameis, they're just, you know, holding the reins on that guy. But that defense is incredible. And I think that it's the right type of defense to play against Tom Brady. They don't have to bring a lot of blitzes. They can bring pressure and they can stop the run. Now, can they score? Not sure. <laughs> Not sure. But five points in divisional game, I like the under two. Fifteen and a half seems really high. But yeah. I, I agree on both accounts. I think that this sets up for a nice little parlay, too, if you're looking to correlate the Saints as the underdog with the under 50 and a half. Still a couple of 50 and a halfs on the board. And uh, this is a, a Josh Applebaum special with the home divisional dog, right? <laughs> I'm surprised you oh. didn't mention Josh there. Uh, a big move on this game. It was six actually this morning. And uh, as soon as those limits went up on Thursday, we saw the move go to four and a half. So that gives me all indication about where the sharp money is in this one. And, uh, and last year, the uh, Allen led defense was really good against the bucks. They played three times and they held them to 4.6, 4.2 and 4.6 yards per play in those games. And so, I think that they have the recipe to to at least slow down the Bucks offense, which little uh, very few teams can do. No, and they're also getting back their star defensive end, Daniel Anyamata, who served a six-game suspension. He was graded as their best pass rusher last season, so that's a huge plus. There you go. Another green. This is the kind I like action. Let's do it. 
Let's go to the primetime games. Not as exciting to me, but, you know, Dallas is going to Minnesota. Uh, both teams coming off the bye. Uh, Dallas Open is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Minnesota, 51-and-a-half-point total. Total's up to 54-and-a-half. It's sailed up. But in the contest, it's interesting. The, the market's still at two-and-a-half, but they're showing one-and-a-half, which is begging you to take the Cowboys. Are you thinking that there's going to be late money on, on Minnesota? That's why they're putting the uh, put the number up like that? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that Minnesota's the sharp side in this game. It's and I don't know what I mean. I, I like Minnesota, but I've been trying to go against Dallas every week, and they're beating me. Yeah. So um, right. maybe there's something to that. I know that the Cowboys defense has certainly played well above their expectations going into this season, and that has certainly buoyed them to plenty of covers. But uh, I think that Minnesota on offense is going to be a formidable foe with Dalvin Cook coming back and looking a little bit healthier now and um, the passing game from the Vikings. I I think that uh, Adam Thielen is going to be in line for a big game on Sunday night. So I would lean to the Vikings personally, but can understand if you don't want to go against McCarthy and America's team. Well, (laughs) you always want to go against McCarthy. (laughs) But it's more Kellen Moore on the offensive side and Dan Quinn on the defensive side. Here's a question. We don't we haven't talked about it this year because Minnesota hasn't playing in primetime. You know Kirk has only won one game in primetime. I don't know how many times he's covered in primetime, but not many. So this is a perfect angle. It's prime, you know, Sunday night football against America's team. I mean, I guess he's the dog at home, that that makes sense, but I mean you think Minnesota's gonna win the game, basically. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I like Minnesota to win this game on the money line as well. Interesting. Now I'm staying away. I, I like Dallas. Um, I don't love them, but I think Minnesota, I don't like their defense. I think they could get lit up here. I'm not saying they could, you know, they, they could run with them, like you said, but. Um, Whoa. Breaking news. Uh, I'm just looking at, I just pulling up the Las Vegas Insider odds page and Wags just here in the last hour. Since we jumped mm-hmm. out 6.30 Eastern time, presumably, this game has now flipped, and the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites. What What's the news? I don't know. Is Dak not playing? <laughs> there, there must be some sort of injury news. I can only suspect that is a major move. Through the zero, I guess, maybe not as big, but uh, I, there must be some sort oh, of injury news. That only this, is, this, is, this is why you listen to the podcast, America. Get this kind of... You know, information right up the gates. Let's see if um, I bet you it's Dak, right? I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, who's the backup? The Cowboys. I feel like a move from Dak would be even bigger. I don't see anything on Roto World. Well, I see from Ed Werger four hours ago. This is a while ago that Dak Prescott also said that he believed the calf injury was related to the fractured red leg and dislocated ankle that ended last season. So he, he said he doesn't want his physical ability to compromise how he plays or limits uh, Kellen Moore's play caller. So maybe that it's got to be him. It's got to be I mean, that to me, he is a big, I don't know about that big of a swing. Yeah. But now, to your point, you know, this probably is going to be everybody's going to take the Vikings. Right. This is a contest. Everybody's going to pick it in the contest, right? So this is a good, you know, we're going a little over maybe, but is this a free square? Do we just take it because everybody's taking it or we, we fade it where we go away from it? Yeah, or take the Cowboys. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> well, 
without yeah. that, we got to know what well, comes Saturday. We'll have a better, but for our listeners, yeah. you know, it's kind of how we got to think. Mm-hmm. And we've done this last year. There was a couple of games where like, Oh, it's a free square. And it did, but it actually, I think it was a, a Broncos game or something. It was a free square. And it was like, it wasn't a great, I mean, we won, but it was a sweat. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll certainly have to monitor this. I, it could be a smoke screen though. I can't imagine that Dak would be saying that in the media and then just not play. It would certainly uh, think right. that it would give the Vikings a little bit of an advantage because I'm now looking at the depth chart, either Cooper rush or will Greer will be next in line to play quarterback for the Cowboys. Ouch. Well, maybe they can call your cousin. He hasn't been playing for the shockers all season. <laughs> you got to drag him <laughs> off the golf course for that. Right. Right. Well, why don't we put this one in yellow? I okay. mean, I, I, soda, I think we got to definitely talk about it on Saturday. Um, but I think it's bears repeating that when we look at the situation with the contest, especially with this information, this is now a four point move, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you said two and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Vikings two four and a half point much against the contest. I'm sure Circa's probably gnashing their teeth, but it's a free square now, right? It's four points move. It's got to mean something's big and it's information that with the static line, that's when you take advantage of it. Yeah. And a uh, player pop that I've already bet. And I think I like it. Dak injury or no injury is Tony Pollard rushing yards. I think that uh, the Cowboys are going to be looking to pound the ball against the Vikings defense. Right. For sure. I did pick him up and I've got him on two fantasy teams. now. So. Nice. All right, uh, last game, we'll talk about these guys again. The Giants going on the road to the Chiefs. The Chiefs open up as a 13-point favorite at home, 54-point total, down to 9.5, uh, and it's a 52-point total. Most of the market's 10, so it's right around there. Look, I don't uh, I don't know what to say. The Giants stink, but I can't lay 9.5 points with the Chiefs right now. And this team... What the hell is, I mean, they probably will smash this team. It's probably the, game, the week they do it, but my God, it's it's a you know, Pepto-Bismol situation. Yeah, totally. And this is a really good number. I think at 10, I would certainly see value with the Giants, but nine and a half makes you think about it a little bit for sure. Right. I, right. They're big, so they're actually about even in the, in the, in the uh, index FYI. So wow. you would definitely take the Giants if you use the index. I just... Yeah, they scored they, yeah, 25 to 3 last week. That's great. But, mm, I mean, going to Arrowhead, Monday Night Football. And I, I thought last year, didn't, I think they didn't play last year. The Giants had a good performance in Monday Night against the Bucks last year. Remember that? That came out of nowhere. But, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I'd rather stay away. Agreed. Definitely. So, all right, let's recap some of these picks here. Uh, for the Greens, we definitely are, are all in on the Colts. At two and a half at home, uh, laying two and a half, and then we're on New Orleans at home, uh, getting five points against the Bucks. Uh, some of the ones we'll talk a little bit more on Saturday. We've got Buffalo laying the 14, kind of a big number, but we do like that matchup and, and that team. Atlanta at home uh, minus three against Car- the struggling Carolina. Cleveland at home, the hook is there with minus three and a half against Pittsburgh. New England on the road minus five, or I'm sorry, plus five against the Chargers, and then we just talked about Minnesota, who in the contest is a one-and-a-half-point dog, but in reality right now you're not going to find that number in the marketplace. So Exciting. I think we've got some good selections to choose through. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, let's review the contest uh, briefly before we sign off. We've got the top dog is he's at 29 and six, which is still amazing, but he's coming back to the pack a little bit. Um, in order to get in the in the money, you got to be 25 and 10, which is you know, that's pretty damn good. Uh, we went four and one last week. That brings us to 19, 15 and one. So we're you know a little bit off the pace here, action, but we are closing a little bit. 1473rd now. Uh, so we got a ways to go to get back in the money, but I had to note that. We've had three, four, and one weeks this year through seven weeks. Last year, it took us basically the whole season to, to do that. Uh, we had four weeks last year, four and one and better. We had a five and zero oh in there at one point in last season, but it was mainly, you know, in the second, in the third and fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. we're definitely doing a little bit better overall, and, and hopefully we can get those four and ones more consistently instead of going up and down like we've done this season. Yeah, if we can string some more of those together, I think we'll be right in the mix. I did see uh one little tidbit for or i heard from mike palm this week that a guy in either second or third place last week failed to submit his picks ahead of the deadline and uh mm-hmm. he asked for a little bit of forgiveness to try to get them in and they said uh sorry no <laughs> yeah go go fuck yourself sorry buddy can i say that no of course you know it's like look he still can make it up i mean one five's tough but i mean you got to put your picks in. That's why we have a proxy. We've got a great proxy. Yeah. WJW <laughs> world. <laughs> word, word, something, word industries. I don't know what he is, but he's, we got to, we got to perfect that and get the, get the, get the website going for his proxy business. Right. I know we can get out of it. So, well, fantastic action. Well, you know, you have a great weekend. I'll be, uh, you know, dressing up as Ted Lasso again. Apparently I might, might change the costume, but probably not gonna have you know hit a party and then we're gonna have a costume softball game this weekend so hopefully it'll be a lot of fun hopefully we'll get better weather than this crap that's outside i don't know what your plans are cool yeah we're uh just hanging around the house getting some things done putting the boat away for the winter and then we've got a show on sunday night that we're going to downtown so looking forward to it that's awesome that's awesome well excellent well follow us at side action pod on twitter follow me at wegspool on uh twitter and instagram and follow me on twitter at 31 s roberts all right let's get it done this week that's a wrap for this episode of the side action podcast we appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us we'll see you all again next week on thursday for some more hot picks and side action podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0.
creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash buy 3.0.